0: Hi friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie Updown. So happy to be here with you today. Our music in the background is from our good friend, Mr. John McLaughlin. His new album is called Angst and Grace. Make sure you have grabbed a coffee. Now listen, you guys know we always have shows on Monday and Thursday. Today is Thursday. We have an awesome show for you, but make sure you have subscribed because we have some surprise summer shows that are just going to drop in on other days like tomorrow. So, make sure you have subscribed to the show. Listen, one of our favorite things to talk about around here is books and reading. And with summertime starting and everybody loves reading good summer books, I wanted to get an expert in here. So Anne Bogle is here today. You may know her as the modern Mrs. Darcy. She has an incredibly good blog, a podcast, multiple podcasts about reading. And her newest book is called I'd rather be reading. And it is really, really fun. I think you guys are going to love it. So today, Anne is here to help prep us for our summer reading to get us ready. And stick around for the end of the show. I'm going to tell you some of my favorite book clubs to be a part of and what I am reading this summer. So here is our conversation with Anne Bogle. When they asked me, like at a Starbucks, and they say, "What's your name?" I always say Annie, like the little orphan, because everybody sees the bubble letters and knows knows that I actually don't mean Anne. I'm not fancy enough to be an Ann like you and Ann Voskamp. It, like, there's a different person that that comes out in Ann than that comes out in Annie. Oh, see, this is why I always wanted to be an Annie. Really, only, like, three people call me Annie. What's your Enneagram number, by the way? Do you know? I'm a nine. A nine. I love nines. I have a lot of very lovely nines in my life. And I, so I'm a seven. And nines- I know, I have seven envy. Yeah, nines really are so good for sevens because y'all just let us be- yeah, Nines are one of the numbers that lets me just be the most me. Not because y'all are pushovers, but you just are like appreciative of what, we, what sevens offer the world. <laughs> well, I think sevens are having a lot more fun and a lot less
1: like- Interior angst. Yes, Not that I'd want
0: to give it up, but like seven looks pretty good most days. It is true. It is true. We have significantly less internal angst than nines do, I think. Okay. So the reason I was asking is I think a seven is very rarely an Anne. <laughs> I think there are much more sophisticated numbers that are going to get to be Anne's and I'm going to be an Annie who's a seven.
1: It's just a name assigned before birth. How could that be true? But it is totally true. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally right?
0: True. It happens before we're on earth all the way out. And yet- and yet, it is you are your name. Um, okay, so, Anne, now the question is, have we been in the same room before? I feel like we have, but maybe it's just because I stalk you on the internet and we've been internet friends for so long. Tell me the truth. I feel like
1: we have, but I don't remember hanging out. I think same. maybe you were on stage someplace.
0: Maybe. I just And we share one billion friends. Yes, we do. Man, it's a big, small world. I know. It is one of the best things about having the podcast is I get to go like – Yes, I know the expert on the topic I want to talk about. I will call them, and I think we know each other. <laughs> so I think they'll say yes, or and sometimes they don't, but I'm grateful you did. And I need to tell you about our listeners, our friends who are listening. These people love to read in general. It's one of their favorite things. Tell me why you love to read.
1: Oh, somehow I think that question implies there's just one answer. Uh-huh. Okay,
0: well. why well, you do have a whole podcast about reading, which is, you know. <laughs> That people should be listening to called What Should I Read Next? It is an excellent show. But what is it about reading that you love so much?
1: I love how reading is a shortcut to the good stuff in life. Whether you're reading it yourself or you're talking to other people, we're having this conversation today. You would never walk up to somebody or sit on your couch and be like, "Mm, I want to indulge in some thinking about the secrets of the cosmos. But A book takes you into the issues that really matter in a way Uh that's not socially awkward. Uh Uh-huh.
0: That is exactly right. And there's, for me as well, as a seven, escapism is one of our favorite pastimes. (laughs) Books do that really beautifully for me. Yes. And just kind of give me like, like I was, I don't know if you know this about me, but I was just on bed rest for a little bit because I've been having uh, pretty severe migraines this year and I read Roses. Do you know Roses?
1: I don't know Roses. Wait, wait, wait. I'm picturing an old book
0: yes. with like an effusive... Is this Leela somebody? Micheal? Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly, exactly. And so it's like a Wild West kind of story. And it's 600 pages. But I like, I was in it. Do you know what I mean? Like it took me out of my headaches. It took me out of bed rest and let me like be in this other world. And that is why I love to read. Yeah, same, same. Well, that's
1: an old one. What compelled you to pick that up?
0: I'm just a big fan of Wild West literature. Like I just kind of like... That Those kind of things. And a friend of mine handed it to me and just said, I think you would like this one. I know how much I heard you talking about how much you like old Western kind of stuff. I can't quite figure out why I like it so much though, and I'm really (laughs) digging into it. I think it's a pioneer thing. I think it's a courage thing, but yeah. And I grew up, I like Caddy Woodlawn was one of the books I read over and over again as a kid. Okay, I'm gonna beg you to come on What Should I Read Next? And we are going to psychoanalyze your <gasps>
1: Leela situation.
0: Oh, you don't have to beg. I'm gonna beg you to <laughs> let me. I would love that so much because that's what you do on the show. Oh, yeah. Bibliotherapy and a little bit of counseling. How did you even think this up to kind of make your thing reading? Because I've kind of made my thing fun. <laughs> <laughs> How did you make Look, your thing reading? I'm going to say, yeah, serious. I didn't intend to. Really? Even with Modern Miss Darcy, you didn't like go, oh, I'm going to. Well, as a
1: wise woman once told me, when you're figuring out what to do in life, you chase the fun, right? Mm-hmm. And the other mm-hmm. stuff kind of falls away. Mm-hmm. When I started blogging, I didn't intend for it to be a book blog, but it is a process of discovery. And you find out what you like to talk about and what what you do really enjoy and what you feel is worthwhile. and as I began writing posts, just inspired by things I read, like, oh, hey, there was a story here. And it made me think about this that connects to my actual life. Or here's a list of great quotes. Or here's a list of books that I think have been forgotten, but you should not forget about them because they're too good. I loved it. And I wanted to do
0: more. And you know, one step at a time, here we are. Yeah. Do you find that men and women both love to read? Or do you find that women read more than men? Or what have you learned in your Years of researching on accident, kind of.
1: Ooh, okay. I usually don't do
0: the research. I just read
1: it. Although I do have a lot of anecdotal experience in blog surveys. Yes, that's
0: it. Anecdotal research is all I bank on in this world. So you just <laughs> go with that. Well, good. Uh,
1: I think we feel similarly about that. Well, the research is really interesting, though other people's research, and that is that eighty-five percent of books are bought by women, but we know that not eighty-five percent of books are read by women, but we don't know what that actual number is. Like famous novelists have gone on the record, like Ian McEwan said, if women stop reading novels, then novelists are doomed. Like that is the end of the industry. Oh, wow! I know that my readers are predominantly women, but you know what's interesting is our own surveys show that ninety. 5% of our readers are women. But according to Google, 15% of our readers are men. So I don't know if they don't feel Oh, this birthday, interesting. They don't want to own it. If Google is wrong, I don't know. I'd like to Man, see that's everybody read more. I know, right? Does your husband read? He is. And you know, he actually commented to me recently, like, I have had the best 12 months reading of my life these past 12 months. He's always been a reader, but he's never been like a reading machine.
0: yeah. Why do you think that is? What happened in the last 12 months? Well, he started listening to this podcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) There was this one really influential (laughs) podcast from the woman who lives in his house.
1: I mean, I think it's the same as for many people. It's a little bit habit and a little bit having a good book you know you want to pick up on deck when you finish whatever you're reading then.
0: Okay. So it's not just about... Having one you love right now, it's having one on deck.
1: I think so because some people do just seem to read compulsively. Like yes, I am someone who will read. Like you know, you're waiting for the bathroom at the coffee shop. I will read
0: everything on the corkboard oh, or girl. the back of the cereal box same, if there's not in magazine. You relate to this? Yes, I read every word that's around me. It's what when I got LASIK eye surgery, it was actually became a problem because now I could see everywhere all the time. <laughs> And so I had headaches like the first few weeks that I had, because I was reading words that I used to not be able to see. That's awesome. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? I know. terribly awesome, Annie. (laughs) Okay. So it's a habit. Yeah. For some people more than others,
1: I think it is just a habit. It's something you do. You read all the words around you and you always read and you will find something to fill that gap. Even if it's like the AAA newspaper that came in the mail, you would rather read that than read nothing. But there are other people who finish a great book and they're like, yeah. I'm out of great books. Oh, well, let's go watch TV. And then they fall out of habit. But if you have a great book, well, a great book meaning a book that you are excited to dive into waiting on deck, then you don't stop and you keep reading.
0: What's the balance for you of taking in a book versus TV versus Instagram? Ooh, Okay. I kind of hate that you asked me this because I think it's going to make me sound like a snob. No, no, no. Um, I need you to tell me snobby, a snobby <laughs> answer because I used to read a whole lot more before I had Instagram. That's so interesting. Which is so embarrassing because I write books for my job, but it's true.
1: Well, people talk about the TV versus reading thing all the time, but they don't talk as much about the TV, uh, the Instagram versus reading. Um, okay. I only said that because... I am a woman who has kids and as they get older, like they stay up as late as you do, which is, I mean, I love them. God mm-hmm. bless them. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad they're in my life and I'm so glad <laughs> they didn't stay too forever. But I used to have like three hours to do whatever after they went to bed and right. that's such a great time to watch shows. And now they don't. And the stuff I want to watch isn't always get appropriate. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, as a structure of my life right now, I don't watch a lot of TV. I will say on book tour and I'm about to travel again. Um, I watched so many old episodes of The Office and it was such a delight. Man,
0: I have so many friends who rerun the office like crazy. That is like therapy. Yeah. yeah
1: okay. I was just talking with a friend about how I might be ready to start rewatching the West Wing from the very beginning all the yeah, way through. Yeah.
0: Because what what is it that is attractive, as attractive to you about the West Wing as a novel? It's good storytelling. Yeah, that's what our friend Lisa Joe Baker would say. She is like such a fan of his writing. I am not
1: the expert on, I can't even remember his name now, but I can picture his face from West. What's his name, Annie?
0: The writer, Aaron Sorkin. Yes, Aaron Sorkin. See, there you go. Um, it just came to me. It ju- just to be clear, I I will take very little credit. It literally just came to me as I started saying the words.
1: Well, and last year, I finally got on the Parks and Rec Wagon. Oh, and that was so fun. Oh, right. Yeah. And I feel like it's similar. Like... I don't have time to watch TV. I need to go to bed and get up early. But when you have, you're have you in the middle of a good season of Parks and Rec, like, you can make the time appear.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so for you, like a traveling is a change in reading versus watching TV, just purely out of the hours that you have because of the family around you. Yes. And also I think because I hate to fly, so
1: I don't read ah. on airplanes typically. I watch The Office.
0: Oh, there you go. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, this is the bright side. So let me tell you a, pr- a thing I do mistakenly. Currently, as I'm sitting at my desk, I have two books to my left that I really want to read, and one in front of me that I have to read because I'm going to endorse it. <laughs> I often, Notting. I relate, right? I often feel like I buy books and don't read them. Is there a solution to the stacks of books that you have that you don't finish? Because that's got to be the truth for a lot of our friends out there, that they get excited about a book, they order it on Amazon, they get a gift card at Christmas, they have four books waiting to be read, but they they don't have the tools to in their brain of how to pick them up and read them. I don't have the tools that convince me to read all the books I have.
1: No, this is a real thing. And you know what's terrible is I was just culling my bookshelves this weekend, and one of the books that I finally decided, it's time to kiss you goodbye 15 years later. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody gave me a gift card to a bookstore a million years ago, and I was so excited to finally buy this book. Yeah, And then I never read it. Okay. I want to share a little mental trick with you though, that rocked my world this year when I first heard it, that has softened my attitude towards those unread books. Okay. So Anna LeBaron, who does book launches, uh, came on my podcast and she said, you know what? If you bought that book, even if you didn't read it, you are doing all kinds of good things for books and reading. Yep, You are a patron of the arts. You are supporting publishers. You are supporting authors. You are making sure people keep writing books in our society. And that is a good thing.
0: Yep. That doesn't answer your question of how to get them read, though. But that's really good. I mean, I think that's a good reminder for readers and for our friends and as, as authors, you and I do recognize that I really want people to finish the books I start writing, like the ones I write. If they start a book I write, I really want them to finish it. It means a lot to me that they bought it at all. Right, right, right. But it would be nice if they actually opened the cover too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the ending, I wrote the ending at the end on purpose. (laughs) Right? Like that's the big ending, you guys. If you stop after chapter three, you're really going to miss the big show.
1: That is true. Okay, there are a couple of things you can do. Okay, help me.
0: I miss reading, Anne. I miss reading as much as I used to. So I want you to help me bring it back in this summer as like a real discipline thing.
1: Well, some people really like the idea of school, which is where it sounds like we're going. And some people would be like, I don't want any discipline in my reading life. I just want right. it to be fun. Okay. Well, it depends on why you stopped. Maybe you stopped because you're not reading anything right now. But maybe what you need is just a little momentum in your reading life. hmm If that's the case, you don't want to start with the book that's going to require a whole ton of grit-your-teeth discipline to get you through the first chapter. You want to start with something you are excited about reading right now today, not whenever you bought that book. Okay. If you're not
0: reading anything, like People Magazine would be a step up. Honestly, magazines have, I just resubscribed to Real Simple because I was like, I feel like that was a gateway to books that I let go. And I love their writing and I love their work in that magazine. And so I read Good Grit and I read Real Simple now, you know, whenever it comes out. So I do feel like it was a gateway. Can you tell me a couple of books that you would say, like, if you haven't picked up a book in a while, but you want to read a fiction or a nonfiction, whatever comes to your mind that you think people might love?
1: Ooh, okay. You know what I say all the time on what should I read next? And that is that Reading is personal, so Mm -hmm. that depends. But a couple likely crowd-pleasers. If you love Jane Austen, there are so many new, good Jane Austen uh, riffs and interpretations out this year. Unmarriageable image. Yes, it's weird. It's a it's a serious trend. I don't know what. So what do people
0: do? They take like a Pride and Prejudice and they tell a version of it. Yeah. Oh, uh, Hallmark movies is doing that too. (laughs) (laughs) So it's all over. You know, some things will never go out of style. Yeah.
1: So unmarriageable is Pride and Prejudice set in contemporary Pakistan. It's kind of a snarkier take on it. So if you're looking for something breezy and fun, but that also talks about real issues and has some literary history behind it, Mm -hmm. that's a good one, Unmarriageable. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then... There's one that I also really enjoyed that comes out June 4th. It's called Aisha at Last. It is set in the Muslim community of suburban Toronto, contemporary times. It's just really fresh and fun. And it's so delightful. It's the kind of book that you like breeze through and puts a smile on your face. Yeah.
0: And you know what I love? I, I also was in a book club when I lived in Atlanta. And we would pick books that featured a lot of different cultures. It expands your worldview. To read books like the two you just mentioned, for me, as a white woman.
1: Yeah, I totally get that. And that's something I liked about it. And it's something that's fun to see with an interpretation of a 200-year-old British author. Yes. Maybe that's not your bag. So for romantic comedy fans, there's a novel coming out this summer called Waiting for Tom Hanks, which has more rom-com references than I would have thought possible packed into one like 250-page novel. And it's the kind of thing that you just read so fast. So if you need to get rolling again in your reading life, that could do it. But can I tell you about the best thing I've read recently that I think has hit the bill for a lot of
0: people? A 100%.
1: I didn't realize when I was reading it that I was not the target audience for this book because I like gulped it down so fast. But it came out in March. It's by Peter Heller. It's called The River. And I didn't realize I was done. This is a dude book because I finished it I gave it to my husband immediately, and it was only when I was telling one of my friends about it where I was telling her what happened. I'm like, wait, hold hold on. I don't think they were marketing that book to me, but I'm so glad I found it because I do think it appeals to a broad audience. But it's about two college students, two dudes taking a canoe down the river in their big ambitious backcountry adventure in Northern Canada. And then bad things start happening on all sides. Like this forest fire is coming up. Oh, the first yeah. sentence of the book is really evocative. It was like on the 11th day, they smelled smoke. And then there's uh, a married couple who are, uh, one of them is unhinged and one of them is badly injured. And so they end up intervening in the situation that, uh, I mean, they should have because it was the right thing to do, but right. golly, it made their lives worse and maybe they should have just lo- left well enough alone. So <laughs> they've got nature's closing in and someone is after them and it's so suspenseful and they're on the river. And I didn't think I would enjoy a story about what's on the river, but I was just turning the pages going, come on guys, you can make it, you can make it. It's so good. And also it's short, it's small, it's like 250 pages, but there aren't as many words per
0: page as there are in your typical novel. Okay. So it goes so fast. And you said an interesting thing to me. You said turn the pages. Are you my, – because my, my mom reads like a fanatic. It is so amazing to me. But she loves reading on her Kindle. You read paper. I read paper. I only read Kindle when I have to. Okay. Yeah. It's not my favorite. Yeah. Probably like you. I have some books on my iPad for when I'm on – oh, you don't read on planes. When I'm on planes, <laughs> I like to just read. I read in airports. Yeah, yeah. I just like to read on my iPad just because it is easier than like making the person next to me deal with me digging around in my bag. But – but other than that, I'm a paper fan. Is there is there one better than the other in real life? Like, does it matter? No, I think it just depends
1: on what works for you. Like, as a reader, I value the visual. It took me a long time to realize this because I'm not an artist. I'm not a painter. But I like to see words and where they are in space. And yeah. on, on an e-reader, I just feel a little disoriented. Like, where am I in the story? How much longer do I have in this chapter? What happens mm-hmm. next? Wait, what's that person's name? There's no easy way to flip back 12 pages
0: yes. on your Kindle.
1: So that's why I prefer the paper. But whatever
0: works for you. Yeah. When the front of the book has like a family timeline or a family tree, (laughs) and and but I'm reading on Kindle, I'm like, oh, I can't figure out whether these people are cousins or not. I can't remember. (laughs) That was first. I need help. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation to tell you about Third Love Bras. You know, I love it. You've heard me talk about it before. They offer. Perfect fit for all you gals. Using here's the cool thing: Third Love uses like actual data points generated by millions of women who've taken their Fit Finder quiz to design bras with size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and a premium feel. And as of just last month, they officially have 78 bra sizes with bands ranging from 30 inches to 48 inches and cups from double A to I, which is one of the largest ranges in the industry. And these sizes will be available in five of 3rd Love's most loved classic styles, including the 24-7 classic t-shirt, the 24-7 cotton t-shirt, the 24-7 everyday lace t-shirt, and the 24-7 lace back t-shirt, and the 24-7 lace balconette. So all of those will be available in all those sizes now, which is amazing. So one of the things I love about 3rd Love is that you don't have to go to the store to fit the correct bra for you. You can find your fit with 3rd Love's online fit finder, order, and then try them on at home so you just do the fit finder quiz where you answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date. It's actually pretty fun to take and it takes less than a minute to complete. And also there's a hundred percent fit guarantee. So you have 60 days to wear it, wash it, put it to the test. And if you don't love it, return it and third level, wash it and donate it to a woman in need, which I think is really, really cool. Return and exchanges are free and totally easy. So, Third Love Knows there's a perfect bra for every one of you gals out there. So right now they are offering my friends 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash sounds fun right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash sounds fun for 15% off today. Okay, so this is an interesting thing I have to think about a lot too, and particularly when we're talking to our friends on the other side, books don't have ratings, meaning like G, PG, PG PG-13, R. And sometimes I'll start a book and everybody has said it's fun and whatever. And then there are scenes in it of violence or of sexual content that I kind of didn't sign up for. Is there a way that you have learned how to know what a book's going to offer rating-wise?
1: This is so hard. And it's such a good question. And I hear people say all the time, why don't books have ratings? And you know what else I think is interesting is that the things that some people can read about just fine, like others cannot handle.
0: Totally. That's the thing is if it would just, everybody can make their own list. I just want to know before I get into a book what I'm going to see.
1: Right. And it's so hard because even like Annie, even if I was telling you about a book that I read a couple years ago and you're like, well, it doesn't have any X in it. Does it have any domestic abuse in it, for example? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I might be like, no, don't remember a thing. But sure enough on page 87, um, there could be an incident that was minor and not, I mean, that's never minor, but what I mean is that sure. it wasn't crucial to the story. Yes, And I didn't remember the details. I remembered yes. the arc of the story. So I forgot about that scene. So I gave you the book and then
0: uh it's and it's really hard un- unless the
1: the triggers.
0: Yeah. And the same you know the same happens with movies where someone will say to me, can my kid watch that movie? And I go, "Well, I didn't watch it wondering if your kid can watch this movie." I know cuz you see it I just watched it wondering if I could watch it as a 38-year-old Annie, <laughs> you know, like. And so it, it is so hard. So I've always wondered why there weren't ratings on books or trigger warnings like you said. And I don't know the answer to
1: why um there are fervent arguments in favor of, but also really in defense of not having the warnings. But I do think talking to a reader who knows you, whom you trust, that's the best thing you can do. When I write about book- books on uh, Modern Mrs. Darcy, or I talk about them and what should I read next, if I do feel like a broad content warning is needed... Broad as opposed to specifically, like, you do not want to read about mushrooms because they make you gag. Like, I'm not going to give you a mushroom warning. Right. um, Unless you're like my bestie. And I can't help but notice that in the book. Unless it's somebody that you love and you're handing it off to them. That's exactly how it should be. Right. Because people want to know. I want to know. And I may decide to read the book or I may decide not to read the book, but I want to know that that's what I'm signing up for. So I always tell people, like, watch out. This is graphic. Watch out. This is racy. Uh, Watch out. This has themes that are, uh, mature. Sure. There's not a good way. And what really hammered this home to me is I had a friend who donated lots of books to her uh, local women's shelter. And she said that um, she had to sit down and read every single one before she donated them. And she was just really surprised at how many books were not okay to donate where she would have told you like, Oh, I remember that book. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't fine.
0: I also think that's one of the reasons that you should have a local bookstore where the bookseller kind of recognizes you.
1: Yeah. Well, and especially if you're not the only one, I think that this question is widespread among readers. So booksellers are used to accommodating their customers.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite local bookstore? You live in Louisville, right? I do. Do y'all have a great local bookstore there? Now we have two. Oh, Um, wow. I know. I woke up to news in the
1: local newspaper a year and a half ago that said Louisville's getting a new bookstore this weekend. And I went there. I think there were cartwheels in my house.
0: Yes. Oh, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. We have Carmichael's, which is a nice neighborhood bookstore. And we have a new one downtown called Nanny Goat. Oh, that's a
0: great name. It's named after the alley it's on. Oh, it's great. beautiful. It's in an old church. It's really lovely. Oh, that's awesome. When you go into a bookstore, what is, what do you do first? Well,
1: I'm picturing myself walking into my local and when you walk in, you're presented right off the bat with the new fiction table and the new nonfiction table. And even right. if I've been in the bookstore three times that week, which sometimes I do if I need to talk to someone or um, if one of my kids is burning through the Hamster stores Rex series, and I go get right. three books in a row in <laughs> the week, um, I still check out the table every time. I don't know if that's habit or compulsion, even though I know the books are going to be exactly the same. Uh huh. Uh huh. I always like to check out that uh, my favorite section and. Any bookstore I walk into is always the staff picks because it's always a little bit different. And I may notice books that I haven't seen before because they're highlighted in a way that I've never that I've never encountered. Yeah. And I love those shelf talkers where people write why they loved it
0: and why they I loved do it. too. I read all of those. That's what that is where I walk to. And are, you know, I'm sure you've been to the one in Nashville, Parnassus. Yes. So is that in your town somewhat? Or is that like Yeah, you that's are like here. Two minutes from my house. Oh, so jealous. Yes, I love it. I love going in there. But I And so I like knowing the people who work there as an author because I like them knowing that like, hey, I'm a resource for you and thank you for carrying my books and whatever. Uh But I also love going like, okay, I know her and I bet she and I read some more things. And so I'll go find her picks for that month. Yes, that's so good to know. But, you know, the other thing they do that I think is as a person of faith that likes having friends that don't believe everything I believe, Parnassus also runs book clubs. And it gives me the opportunity to read a book that I wouldn't have picked and sit in a circle with people that I wouldn't have picked or didn't know to pick, you know?
1: Right. Because no other reader sees the same thing in the story that you do. And just talking to people of different backgrounds who notice different things in the story is so illuminating. It makes for such good discussion.
0: The other thing, we both share Emily P. Freeman, who I love, and you, you are friends with her, correct? Am I right about that? I love her. I know. She's wonderful. She organizes her bookshelves in color. And I organize my bookshelves. I have one that's fiction and one that's nonfiction, and they're in alphabetical order by author. Who's right and who's wrong? And tell me I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry to say that mine are now in alphabetical
1: order. Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. You need to be able to find your books. Here's the thing. Like, I love having my books by color. But a couple years ago, I pulled the jackets off my books and then I tried to organize them by color so they looked pretty and I could not find anything because my brain remembered the color of the jacket, which could be radically different from the wow, color right. of the, you know, the actual spine. Right. And that was really frustrating. As we expand it into multiple rooms of the house where our books are, I did go alphabetical, but it was sad. And it's because I can't (laughs) make a commitment to like officially ditching the jackets or keeping them. And you think like color or alphabetical is controversial, like mention in a room full of book lovers that you threw away your dust jackets and everybody will come after you. Well, yeah. Half the people will come after you and half the people will cheer.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. But they, but everyone has an opinion. However you can find your books is the right way for you to organize your books. Okay my brain is not photographic. Like I can't, so color wouldn't work for me, but I know my ABCs. So the alphabet works for me <laughs> and having a fiction and a nonfiction work for me. I think it's because I used to teach elementary school. So there's just never not school in my mind. <laughs> okay. Do you want to hear something horrifying? Yes. My friend
1: just sold her house when they staged it for prospective buyers to come in. She turned books. I know all what you're gonna books- say.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she did. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> Their readers too. Yeah, my friend Landon that's here, her decor in in her rooms is turned around books. But she goes to like McKay's here, which is a used bookstore. I've been to McKay's. Isn't it great? It's awesome. I can't go where they have our books, like where they, like, I don't want to see how many of my books people have given away and sold, but I love shopping there. But she goes and buys old ones there and turns them around, which makes me feel a little bit better. I
1: have these stacks of books in my house that I know I don't want to read again or I don't have any interest in reading at all. But I keep saving them. like maybe I'll use them for an art project, yeah, they're or like beautiful
0: photograph. right now they're just all stacked up. Yep, I get it. Okay. Tell me what you're going to read this summer. How do you pick summer reading books? Well, it's an art and a science. Is there a science though? There's a little bit of
1: a science, though, Annie, because I am looking for books for the summer reading guide that will appeal to a broad variety of readers across a variety of genres. Like Mm -hmm. it's not all mysteries and thrillers and it's not all, you know, sandy blue sky covers either. Um, and then I just choose the ones that I personally am really excited about because it's really funny what I found in talking about books on the podcast and on modern Mrs. Darcy and just in person for years is even if you tell a person, this book is perfect for you. And they're like, well, yeah, but what did you think about it? And I can say, uh, eh, you know, it wasn't for me. But it's totally right. for you. But it's for and you. I can be a 1,000% right. But if I wasn't excited about it for me, they don't want to read it.
0: Mm, interesting. OK. So I want to choose books that I am really excited about. OK. Do you already have your stack ready to go? And what's your pace? Are you reading a book a week? Are you reading a couple books a week? Are you reading one a month? What's your pace right now?
1: I read a couple of books a week. OK. Or maybe
0: three or four,
1: actually. Yeah. I am in the season now. This isn't like my peak season, like the week between Christmas and maybe January 15th. Uh-huh. I to read like a book a day because we're home. It's cold. We're hanging out. For the first half of the year, or between January 1st and April 30th, I was reading all the books to decide if I wanted to include them in the summer reading guide. And that focuses heavily on titles published between about March 1st, although there are more February titles in there this year because February was a great month for publishing.
0: Yes. A lot of things came out. So much good stuff this winter. Yes. And does your book guide include um, fiction and nonfiction? Heavier towards fiction. This year I think there's like four or five nonfiction titles in it. Yep.
1: And they're ones that really read like an absorbing mm-hmm. story.
0: Yes. Got like them. Okay.
1: But now I get to read the old stuff because when I'm preparing for the summer reading guide, I don't read the old stuff, and I get to mm-hmm. read the stuff coming out in like August, September, October. That's way past the summer reading guide date. So even if a publisher sends it and it's on my stack, I have to be a good girl and wait until the summer reading guide is out.
0: Oh my gosh! To
1: pick that up because there's no purpose in reading it in the spring. Sure, I'll forget. I can't share it. And it just, it's frustrating. Right. But now that's over
0: and I can dig in. Okay. Wow. So can you tell us the, what's the number one book that when you read it this year, you thought this is the one that I want everyone to read. Was there like a winner? Do you pick a winner? I don't pick a winner.
1: I do pick a minimalist guide. That's like five books that if, if 25 books is too many for you, which is already way narrowed down out of all the options out there just published this year. Then I'll choose five for you to narrow your list. Okay. And where can we get your summer reading guide? Well, this year we did it a little bit differently. We we did it magazine style. So it has more information and more aids to help you really dig in and find the right book for you to diagnose yourself and find it yourself. And you can get all that on my blog. It's at Modern Mrs. Darcy. We'll have a giant banner clicky something thing because we really want you to get this in your hands so you can not spend your summer reading books that you didn't enjoy.
0: Yes. And I, and there is something really fun about reading books, knowing that other people are reading them. It's why book clubs and summer book clubs are so fun as you know that other people are reading the same thing you're reading.
1: Right. I mean, I know I'm talking to an Enneagram seven. Is there anything sadder than finishing a great book and really wanting to discuss it with somebody
0: and looking around and going, nobody's read this, but me, it's just literally there is nothing. Yes. Literally. You are speaking my, the hardest parts of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. I hate it so much.
1: So knowing that, If you read one of these books, there will be other people who have read that too. And you go, yes, me too. Or what do you mean you thought this? Like someone will be there for you to have that important conversation.
0: Yes. Okay, good. That's amazing. I love it. Okay. And how often does your podcast come out? Weekly. Okay. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Okay.
1: Which is a little different from our new one. One Great Book comes out on Fridays and we're just, we're running that in seasons. So our first season just ended and we pick back up in the middle of June.
0: Oh yeah. I don't know about that one. One Great Book. What it tell me about that podcast. I just thought I'd slide that in. Yes, I didn't. Sorry, it's not on the notes they sent me. I didn't know about that one. Sorry.
1: Yeah, that's because we just started on March 29th, and I've been wanting to put this in the world for almost a solid year now. And so finally, I released it on the same day as my book deadline, because that is brilliant timing. I know you understand. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that won't wear you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But on What Should I Read Next? I talk to readers every week about, well, I talk to one reader every week about their specific taste. Three books they love, one book they don't, what they're reading now, and I recommend three titles, they should read next. But I don't always get to talk about what I love, Annie. And you know, as a reader, oh, that's really a bummer. So yes. in one great book, every Friday when we're in the midst of our season, I tell you about one standout selection from my personal bookshelves in 10 minutes or less.
0: Oh, Anne, that is brilliant. And I am, I haven't even downloaded it yet and I'm addicted to it. It's new. I'm totally, yeah. It's so good. What a great idea. And those, I mean, like Emily, those short podcasts are, are so fun to listen to. Well, there didn't used to be
1: any podcasts and now there's a bunch. And I think sometimes people just want something that they can listen to while they're
0: taking out the trash or folding one load of laundry. A hundred percent. And I don't want to let you go without us telling people about I'd rather be reading because it's just this beautiful book that you, I actually was talking with people about your cover and how your cover is like an original painting, right? Yes, it is. That Wistful Voice is
1: an original painting that was lost in the mail over the Atlantic. So no one has the original
0: painting? No one has the original. It's been lost to time and water or a mail room somewhere. It just somewhere. disappeared over, that got mailed from the painter in France and just never made it to America. I think it was England, but yeah. In England. Yeah. But it is a
1: painting from a photograph of my home library oh. on a day where it's probably never looked better Yeah, before or since. My publisher was like, that'd be a great
0: cover for your book. And I was like, oh, yes, please. Yes, please. And I'd rather be reading is literally I have it. It is it is charming is the right word. It is just such a lovely collection of essays about reading. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I just love it. And it makes me happy that you're a fellow reader who um gets it. Oh, and if I literally I just need you to know that I am like having full self-control, not just dropping book titles and making you talk about them <laughs> and asking you. I mean, like, it is literally, I am trying to think more of our friends on the other side than I think of myself of like, here's what I really want to talk about are these particular books. But I just love reading. It's why I started writing. One of my grandmothers was a librarian and the other grandmother owned a bookstore. Oh, it's in your blood, Annie. Someone in our line had to. And when we were growing up, there was no TV during the weekdays. It was, it was either read or Play. Those were our only two options. How
1: did you feel about that as
0: a kid? I hated it as a kid and I watched a ton of MTV as soon as I went to college. <laughs> but now, as a grown up, I am super grateful for how much I learned to love, and especially for my personality, how much I learned to love quiet and creating my own fun. I sense a theme here. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Weird how that worked out, isn't it? Very interesting how that played out in the long run. Okay. So Anne, the question we always have to ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Oh, okay. Well, I was
1: talking to my cousin this morning and she said that she was going to the beach next week. And that definitely sounded fun to me. Yes. But okay, something that more in my in my realm of possibility. So we're in that magical space right now in Louisville, Kentucky where the trees are blooming, the weather is warm, but there's no mosquitoes. And all I want to do is sit on my porch swing with a book and read it cover to cover with a glass of something cold and listen to the birds chirp. Oh,
0: what are you reading right now? Do you have a novel you're working out right now?
1: Yes. I'm reading Maggie O'Farrell's This Must Be the Place for like the fourth time in two years because
0: I love it so much. Oh, wow. Okay. This must be the place. We're going to link to all these so people can find them really easily. Um, But number one, we'd say make a list and go to your local bookstore. Absolutely. Number two, we'd say click on the link. But number one, your local bookstore who will get to know you and then be able to give you good book recommendations until the end of time. That's exactly right. And thank you so much for being on the show and helping us kick off this summer. I'm really, really grateful. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, friends, let's talk some more about what we are reading this summer. Listen, I want you to tell me on Instagram, on Twitter, all the places, what you have already decided to read and keep me updated. What kind of book clubs are you in? So for the ones I am looking at, if you're interested in a book club this summer, make sure for starters that you grab and book summer reading list. It is, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's so helpful. It is like it's like a menu at the best restaurant you've ever wanted to go to, right? Where you just want everything and it is awesome. So make sure you head to modernmrsdarcy.com. You can go to Ann Bogle as well, bogle.com and you will find everything that you need from her, including her summer book list. She also hosts a book club. And on her website, you can see the next four books that are coming. Our dear friend, Miss Jen Hatmaker, has also started what looks to be an incredibly cool book club. So make sure you join that. Jamie Ivy, one of our other favorite podcasts, The Happy Hour. Jamie Ivy has a book club that you're going to want to be a part of if you want some more direction on that. Reese Witherspoon has a book club. There seems to be a lot of people helping us figure out what we want to be reading right now. So make sure you are hopping around those find the one that you like the most what I am going to read this summer Um, right now I am reading a book by Catherine P called the printed letter bookshop and it oh I just love it so much if you want to read along with me Grab a copy of Printed Letter Bookshop and read along so that, as we talked about with Anne, so that I have someone to talk about. I'm not starting a book club, but I certainly am loving the idea of getting to talk to somebody about this book when I finish it. And so you can read Printed Letter Bookshop along with me. I'm also going to pick up a couple more of Charles Martin's books. I think he's going to walk with me through the summer reading his novels. I think I'm going to start. I think it's going to be Thunder and Rain is the one about the Wild West. You guys know me. So I'm going to read that one. If you haven't listened to our episode with Charles Martin, make sure you go back and do that. It is from April 11th, the Thursday before Good Friday. It is, ask your friends who listen to the podcast. It is one of their very favorite shows. It's one of my very favorite shows as well. That is what I'll be reading. I also plan on doing, for my spiritual formation side of what I'm reading, I've got a couple of books that I am reading that have not come out yet. Bianca Oltoff's new book, John Mark Comer's new book, So I'm going to read those this summer. I'm also doing Mark Batterson's 40-Day Prayer Journal. Um, I've read the book of The Circle Maker, but now I'm doing 40 Days of The Circle Maker Prayer Journal. And as I said, I'm going to re-upped with Real Simple. I'm back to reading Real Simple every issue, reading Good Grit every issue, reading Relevant Magazine every issue. Those are just some of my very favorites. So I am going to have a summer of reading, you guys. I'm going to put my phone down. I'm going to spend more time in books with my face in books. Like I used to love when I was growing up and before I was on my phone too much. So, um, I would love, love, love to hear what you guys are reading. I'd love to hear what you pick out from Ann's list. I would love to hear if you join a book club, if your local bookstore has one like mine does here at Parnassus books. Like I, yeah, let's just spend a lot of time this summer, men and women talking about what we love to read dudes. I would particularly love to hear what are some fiction books you like to read? I would love to understand better some authors that you guys would like for me to have on as well that are fiction. Another book that I have on my shelf that I'm probably going to pull out that it will I hope to read this summer is by Claire Gibson. It's called Beyond the Point. And I'm really looking forward. It just came out in April. I'm really looking forward to reading that one as well. So, okay, we could just do this all day. I wish we were sitting at coffee or I wish we were perusing a bookstore together and just pointing out the titles that we love. But until then, until we get to do that someday, let's, Keep up on the internet, you friends who love to read like me, and let's talk about what we are reading. And make sure you give Anne a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. Tell her thanks for being on the show. And make sure you grab a copy of her new book, I'd Rather Be Reading. I've read most of it, but I am going to finish that one up this summer as well. I'd Rather Be Reading by Ann Bogle. And tell her thanks for being on the show. What an incredible resource. If you haven't subscribed to her podcast yet, you definitely should. What Should I Read Next? And One Great Book. And you guys, I'm going to be on What Should I Read Next? We're not really doing any outside podcasting or interviewing right now because I'm hanging out with you all so much. But I'm for sure going to be on Anne's as soon as she really asks me. You know I want to. And if I can do anything else for you and for you to tell me what you are reading and what you are loving right now and what book clubs you're going to join, you can find me at Annie F. Downs, F as in fiction and nonfiction all across the internet, Annie F. Downs. I would love to hear from you what you're reading. And listen, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you guys, we have a couple of surprise drops coming for you. This summer, for sure, one is tomorrow. So you you were gonna have a Friday podcast for your Memorial Day weekend, and then you for sure got one surprise one in June. Hey, speaking of June, let me tell you what comes starting on Memorial Day. I have told you a little bit about it, but we are gonna spend the whole month of June. We're gonna call it our Ennea Summer. We're gonna spend the whole month talking about the Enneagram. The way it's gonna you guys have a lot of questions about like how do you figure out your type and. And what do you know about your type? And the other thing y'all keep asking is you want me to have some of my regular friends on, not just my friends who might be considered like famousy or well-known or have things that they do publicly. So here is what we did. Are y'all ready? Okay. So for starters on Monday on the show, Suzanne Stabile, who is just an absolute expert on Enneagram stuff. In fact, I asked her a lot of the hard questions like, are we sure this isn't demonic? And can we take a test to figure out our number? And are we sure we can trust the Enneagram? <laughs> and why is this a good thing? I asked her all the stuff to get us ready to spend the whole month of June getting to know all the numbers. So each show of Summer, that'll be the month of June is a different Enneagram number. I think you're going to really love it. It's We've never done anything like this. So make sure you're subscribed and you will not miss out on a single show. The goal, my goal at the end, I hope, is that you fall in love with your own self and your own number more, and you fall in love with the people around you and appreciate them for their uniqueness. Um, as you learn who they are better, let's just, um, spend the summer being better at relationship than we are today. Yeah. So that is my goal. Okay. I think that's it for me. You guys go out and do something that sounds fun to you and I will do the same. And we will see you back here on oh tomorrow. Not even on Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And then we'll also see you on Monday.